Hi, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. Hello, I am so honored to have one of my heroes, Angela Yvonne, your greenside concierge. She runs Vegan Pop Eats, and she is a force of nature. This young woman has single-handedly just decided people need to go vegan for their own health and for the planet, and I'm going to help them do that. I want to say you are my hero because you show that anybody who has the determination to try to make this a better world, to try to make it a kinder world, has the power. So, Angela Yvonne, how did you get it together to start Vegan Pop Eats, and why is it such a powerful force for convincing people to try out veganism? Well, first off, I, you know... I'm going to fangirl because you are also one of the inspirations for me to even get into journalism. Um, You are one of, because it's important for, you know, people, especially, you know, people of color to see other people doing things that are possible. And I just want to say thank you for even thinking that I was dope enough to even have a conversation with. And Uh, I just think you're dope. (laughs) Well, I think you're dope too. We're both very dope. <laughs> but take it away. Tell us your incredible story. Well, um, it started with my mom. My mom had gotten breast cancer. And before that, you know, churches knew my name. Uh, <laughs> uh, McDonald's knew my name. Chick-fil-A, Waffle House, they knew my name. But when she was diagnosed, I knew that it had something to do with the food. But I was also an an aspiring on-air personality. I had already graduated from college. I also, um, you know, I delved into the PR world for a period of time, but I always wanted to be on camera. And what they never tell you is that, yeah, you can get these degrees, but these, you know, the coveted jobs are not, you know, where you can find them. It's not like you can look in the newspaper and find, you know, different opportunities in order for you to be on air. So I moved to Brooklyn, New York. I've been here for seven years. And when I first moved here, I was just a vegetarian. You know, um, the muscles had me in a chokehold. Cheese had me in a chokehold. But I had given up like meat. And I was also, you know, trying to figure out my space and my, my you know, my way in um, broadcast journalism because I've always been a great storyteller. I've always been, you know, pop culture is my thing. Like I'm fluent in park pop culture and I'm fluent in red carpet. So, you know, I did like what most people do when they moved here. I did a lot of free stuff. I, you know, you know, reaching out to different brands to see if they would, you know, have any interest in me being the face of whatever, you know, media brand they had. And, you know, I got some things here and there that I'm proud of. I've gotten to, you know, um, interview the who's who, thanks to Delana Dixon from, um, Diva Giles Daily, she helped me when I was at home taking care of my mom um, while she was battling breast cancer. She gave me my very first celebrity 
uh, interview. But when I got to New York, you know, there were a lot of gatekeepers. The girls were wanting the, you know, the positions for themselves. So they didn't really, you know, help me out. But then it was like, you know, when I crossed over, it was like I was trying to find, I guess, um, a support system that would talk about veganism. And I didn't want to talk about the veganism of what, you know, most of the people are used to, because most of people think most people think that veganism is, you know, whitewashed or it's, you know, very strict because there's different levels. Like some of us cross over to be vegans because of health. Some people cross over because of the environment. Some people cross over because of animals. But I was crossing over um, because of health, because of, like I said, my mother had breast cancer, but I didn't see anybody who was giving the message like I would receive it because Everybody knows that whenever you are trying to get someone to understand or to come along, you have to talk to them at a level of their understanding. And I didn't see anyone first who looked like me. And two, I didn't see anything that was like, you know, exciting, youthful and fun to take the, um, I guess, the thought process of fear of missing out because you're no longer eating meat. So my very first thought was, well, why don't I, you know, create something that would let people know how dope it is on the green side. So while I was a talk show. Oh. And I want to say that's your slogan, how yes. dope it is on the green side. And I think the way you present things is so fascinating because cheese, for example, you mentioned that it's so hard to give up cheese. It's one of the things that people cite the most. So instead of telling people just give up cheese, you went to a vegan cheese store that is one of the premier vegan cheese stores and you introduced people to it. Let's check it out. Charcuterie boards. Everyone loves a great charcuterie board. They are symbolic to every event that you've ever been to that has a little bouginess to it. But imagine you walking up with artisanal cheeses and they're vegan. Well, look no further. We are here at Riverdale, located in the historic Essex Market, and it is the original vegan cheesemonger. Imagine that. Well, I'm going to show you how to level up. That is just one of the many videos that you have streaming on Unchained TV, our global streaming network. So please go to UnchainedTV.com and click on Watch Now or download the app on your phone for free, or you can watch it on your television set. If you have an Amazon Fire Stick, a Roku device, or an Apple TV device, just put in Unchained TV, and you can watch all of her incredible videos. But what I love about this is that it's inviting, and that's why you say, I'm your concierge leading you to the green side. You're making it hip as opposed to just scolding people and telling them they need to go vegan. That's true, because what I've found out is that, first of all, people are reluctant to give up the things that they find comforting. Because, you know, when you're telling people to give up meat or cheese or things of that of that nature, when the message is normally told, it's like, you know, you just need to do it. But people don't understand that there's memories to different things. Like there's memories to making your grandmother's mac and cheese. There's memories to having, you know, barbecues and things of that nature. So for me, I feel that, you know, if 
the problem is me eating meat. I need a solution. I need something that's going to make me feel like I'm not missing out. And that's how Vegan Pop Eats came about because I just want to show people that we eat good over here. We live in an abundance and it's animal free. We're not hurting anybody. Matter of fact, we are helping ourselves. And with helping ourselves, we're helping the planet. And we're just, you know, being better people. And so that's clear. Let me say this. You say you have a very good track record of getting people to yes. convert to veganism. Yes. And I want what you're having because uh, I have had so many debates and so many conversations and some people do, but there's a lot of people that no matter what you say, no matter whether you explain that it's a leading cause of climate change and they consider themselves environmentalists or conservationists, whether you say it's contributing to world hunger because we're 8 billion humans, but we're eating 80 billion land animals every year, not including fish. And they're eating a very large percentage of the food produced that could be going to starving children. It doesn't matter what you say. There are people who are like, no. So how do you get to those people? You have a good track record with those very people. Well, for me, I find that people don't want to hear the negative part of it. They want to hear the good of it. So I think that for me, I just, I show them how good the food is. I show them how it is living because, you know, look at me. I'm a vampire. I'm 185 years old. And this is how you look <laughs> when you don't eat meat, you know? So um, I think for me, and I've always had a charismatic, uh, I guess, personality that I, you know, I have always been fortunate enough that I can show people and I can, even if it's just you giving up meat on Mondays, that's good for me because I know once you understand and see the different ways that you can feed your family or feed yourself and how you're feeling about it, you're going to want to be like, okay, well, let me see how Tuesday going to be. Let me see how Wednesday going to be. Let me see how Thursday going to be. And next thing you know, a whole week is, is, is done. And then you'll see, well, let me try two weeks. Let me try three weeks. Because for me, I don't care how you get over here. I just want you over here because I know that it's very beneficial for you. And I also know that it's beneficial for the African-American community because we are the fastest growing demographics in this space. And when you have clarity with your mind, you are able to do different things. You're supposed you you have clarity enough to to make right decisions. And so that's how I'm able to do it. You know, my best friend, he is Jamaican and you know, they eat oxtails, goat and all the other stuff. Crossed him over, crossed him over. So, Ooh, wow. You know. Well, that we want to know what your magic formula is. And people are calling in. We've got Lindsay from Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Vegan Pop Eats founder, Angela Yvonne. Hello, Jane. Excuse me. And I want to agree with you, uh, Angela, that, well, that both of you are totally dope. And I think what you're doing is so amazing in your Greenside Concierge concept. I'm just blown away. Uh, it's so charismatic. I love your message. And truly, you have hit me on an emotional level. Uh, I, I'm serious. I'm just like, I'm smiling from ear to ear. And um, I'm so, I'm so happy you're on our team. 
So thank you both. You are both totally dope ladies. Thank you. And now, Lindsay, you have said that you've had trouble convincing people who are close to you to go vegan. Do you have a question? Because Angela is the one who has this. She's like the dear Abby of veganism. You can bring your problems to her. Well, uh, I have a problem. My husband isn't vegan. I've always been really upfront about that. And um, I've gotten some shade from vegans about, you know, staying with them, frankly. But uh, I met my husband before I was vegan. And, there, you know, I won't go into that part of it. But his thing is he blocks empathy. So he blocks empathy and to the point where he will get violently angry, not violently, but angry enough to shut down and, and walk away. If I ever even try to show him anything about the cruelty aspect of it, because he doesn't like the type of food. He hates beans, etc. So he comes from that platform of not tr even wanting to try the food. He only tries a couple of different things. So let's jump so in that's, here that's and Angela uh, stand by, Lindsay, uh, because Angela has techniques for that type of situation, which is oh so common. And, you know, I've met your husband. He's a nice guy, very generous, allowed us, along with you, to have our Unchained TV launch party at his home. Yes. At your beautiful, beautiful home in Los Angeles. So uh, he's done stuff for us and we're grateful but how would how should she approach him well in my opinion i don't think that you should show him like the negative aspect of it because it's almost whenever you show some someone something negative about what they're doing they're going to be very defensive that's whether it's talking about food, whether it's talking about, you know, you didn't wash the dishes this week or whatever the case may be. People are not, right. people are never receptive to negativity. But if it was me and my husband, I would, you know, do a, mm. do a, you know, a, a couple's night where you're just like, well, you know what? I've tried this recipe. Let's see how we can, you know, how, let's see if it'll taste good. You know, just try to make it more fun where he's more receptive to it. And if you do that, I think that that would aid you with crossing him over or even just saying, you know, honey, you know, I've been feeling a certain way about, you know, I don't know, just my health. And I want to see, you know, how we could do something together, maybe on Mondays where we don't eat any kind of meat, but I'm going to show you how sexy this is. And I'm going to show you how this this is going to taste good. Or you could feed him stuff and don't even tell him that it's vegan because I find that people think that vegan food is different than something that you eat on a day-to-day -day basis. Like if you made him an apple pie, that's vegan. If you made him right. you know, tacos, you can do walnut meat. He wouldn't know the difference if you slow roast the walnut meat where it takes the nut out of it. You know, and if he's an open-minded person as far as trying different cuisines, I think that that would be a better route than you showing him the cruelty about animals because all vegans are not animal activists. They grow into, right. you know, being an animal activist. Like I came in for the health aspect because, you know, it hit home with my mom, but I'm learning about animal activism, but you can't come to me and be like, Angela, well, what do you feel about all these pigs being, you know, X, Y, and Z, because that's not my lane. So you just have to come to him where his understanding and if he loves food, 
I think that that would be the way for you to cross him over. I love it. Okay. I think that's great advice. Get sexy in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> get naked. We, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Let's not get Cook carried naked. away. <laughs> oh, we always get it's so for the animals. <laughs> do what you got to do. Do what yeah, you got to do, animals. Lindsay. Absolutely. Right. Great we suggestion. Got, thank you, Lindsay. And another amazing actor. Okay. okay, we've got a caller on hold, Lauren in Indiana. Your question or thought for Angela Ivana, Vegan Pop Eats. Hi, Angela. I love what you're doing over there. Um, I wanted to share on a personal note, I am actually a breast cancer survivor. So yes. I really appreciate what you're doing to educate about the health benefits of veganism and with respect to fighting and mitigating cancer. Um, on a practical note, I was wondering what advice you would have for someone who maybe lives in a community that lacks um, vegan restaurants or vegan-friendly restaurants. How might we advocate for ourselves in that regard? Well, I understand that because I used to live in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is a military town, and that's when I started my own veganism, vegan journey. So for me... I I didn't have any I didn't have any um, people to tell me what was going on, but I knew that was something I wanted to do. So for me, I just really started researching as far as you know, YouTube is free. Um, you know, the different uh, documentaries are free, but being in a in a space where there is no, I guess, restaurants and things of that nature, I think that it is something where if you know other people who are wanting to do the same journey, maybe there is an activity space where you could put the word out because Facebook, social media and stuff like that, maybe you have more, um, I guess, maybe you have more people around you that you realize because it's not a, a conversation where you're just sitting at the table and be like, girl, I ain't trying to eat no meat. You're not trying to eat no meat. No, it's just one of those things where put the feelings out. Yes, I agree with you entirely. In fact, I tried to start something called um, Your Plant-Based Neighbor or Plant-Based Neighbor because we have a lot of vegan neighbors that we don't know about. Yeah. And connecting people. Like I know at least three people in my neighborhood who are vegan, but I stumbled across them. And it would be so great to have those people. And in places like North Carolina, in places like Indiana, there are tons of vegans. But we've got to figure out a way for people to get together with other vegans in their hood. Just like people out here are having barbecues in the summertime and there's this horrible meat smell. And I go in my house and I go, oh, I can't take that smell. Uh, but what if we proactively do like a vegan block party. I do yeah. have vegan cookouts all the time and everybody eats every last scrap of food. Um, but uh, again, it, it's about not feeling like a fish out of water in your right. own neighborhood. And right. there are ways to counteract that. There really are ways to counteract that. So, wow, we've had some great questions. I do feel you are kind of like the vegan dear Abby, where people come to you with problems and you help solve them. I kind really? of think that would be, yeah, because you're, you're giving solutions. Like uh, there are tricks and hacks to get people over to the green side. 
right? Absolutely. And so if you had to say, let's say, one of, what are your top hacks or what are your top um, techniques that you found most effective for non-vegans, not those who are like 99% vegan already, but just non-vegans. Well, for me, I think it's, it all boils down to priority. And when people say that they can't, I think that if you make it in a way where you take out the word I can't to I won't prioritize that, it hits different. Yeah. It hits really, really different when you change the words because, you know, I find that people just, you know, want to hear something that's comforting, but they're not really willing to understand the truth of the matter is because the truth of the matter is they're putting chemicals in our food. The truth of the matter is, you know, I understand that you want, you know, hamburgers and, and, and lamb and things of that nature, but you're only eating those because of the seasoning. You're not eating those because you'll just go out and eat it raw. It has to be prepared for you and it has to mentally stimulate you in order for you to eat it. So, I gotta tell you that we're just getting bombarded with callers who have questions, dear Abby, for veganism. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. We've got Karen in Venice Beach. Your question, your thought for Angela Yvonne of Vegan Pop Eats. I am just tickled that somebody even wants to talk to me about it. <laughs> Karen. Hi, I'm hi. How are you? I am hi. so impressed with how I'm so impressed with what you're doing. And I'd like to say that um, I used to work in the restaurant industry. And so I have a really good solution, first of all, before I ask my question. I think restaurants will accommodate people, even if they're not deemed vegan friendly. Yes. You just have to know to ask. That's all. And, uh, you know, you look and see what they have in their side. And, 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 you know, most restaurants want to make their customers happy, you know, and if you keep Absolutely. on going back, eventually they might even put something vegan on the menu, you know, and that's kind of the way things started, I think, in the beginning with, uh, you know, I've been vegan since 1990 and um, the restaurants have slowly been coming around, you know, Absolutely. so that's one thing. And then another thing is that I have challenges with people that I love, like they think we're a cult. I think vegans are a cult, you know, and I taste, I introduce them to vegan food and they love it. Um, but for some reason they're blocked, you know, they're, they're, they're just blocked as far as actually becoming vegan. I think that the reason why people feel that it's blocked, it goes back to the memories of, you know, food of how, you know, it makes them feel. So for me, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've lived in spaces other than North Carolina where there's, you know, a huge, you know, vegan suite. And now there are people who are actually making jobs of being consultants, going to different restaurants, making sure that there are vegan options. Um, I live in New York City. It's a culinary vegan space. Any kind of vegan food that I want here, I can get it. But when we're talking about the smaller spaces, I think that... Um, it's more so, are you seriously looking for, you know, things to go vegan? Like, for instance, in the smaller spaces, there are 
Aldi's is now getting on board with, with vegan options. And that's a grocery store. Even if you go into the Dollar Tree, there are smaller options that, of course, you know, one of us should be, you know, the spearheading, like, how can we get to these bigger brands and seeing how they can get more options? Like, that's something that I'm wanting to be part of as well, because, you know, you have to show someone in order for them to see that there are better options. Yes. <laughs> You know, somebody described this whole movement as making cruelty-free more profitable than cruelty. And right. I think that's on the business side. But on the consumer side, it's about making cruelty-free more inviting than yes. cruelty. And you do that so well, not just with food, but also talking about fashion. So here's a, a little clip from your fashion show which is on Unchained TV. Vegan fashion is on the rise, especially with Paris becoming the sustainable fashion capital by 2024. Now, we were doing sustainable fashion when it wasn't even cool. Remember when you were younger and you had church clothes, you had outside clothes, and you had school clothes, and you better not get them mixed up. And when they were no longer of use, we would pass them down through generations. Now we have clothes in abundance, but we are unaware of what that luxury costs. So how can we do better? Well, we can find out where our clothes are being sourced. We can also find out how the people are being treated as far as pay, as far as working conditions. And also when you're finished with your clothes, where are you wasting them? I'm Angela Yvonne, and this is Vegan Pop Eats. You just have a great way of communicating. I mean, you could be on a national TV show. That's the goal. <laughs> okay, well, we are a national TV show, Unshade TV. Yes. I would like your help in taking us to the next level. You uh, have, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but uh, one of them is how you mentioned that African-Americans are the fastest growing demographic in the vegan space. And that's thanks to you. That's thanks to Tabitha Brown, who has her own show finally on the Food Network, yes. okay, a vegan cooking show. Now, the truth is, 25 years ago, I pitched a vegan show to the Food Network, and I was laughed out of their office. Uh, so many people have tried to get a vegan cooking show on the Food Network. She did it. Kudos to her. You've got uh, other people, um, like the uh, woman, Tracy McQuirter, who is... I know Tracy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it keeps growing. I think it was like 1 million black vegan women. Now it's like 10 million, Ten. Black, 10 million black vegan women. So you have all these people who are really um, showing the African-American community in particular and everybody else that it's in our self-interest to jump to the green side. Yes. It is not a sacrifice. It is not an adventure. It is actually in our own self-interest. Can you expand on that for a minute? And then we're going to take a break. Well, being African-American, when you look at our ancestry and things of that nature, we really weren't eating meat like that. We only ate meat when it was like celebratory. So eating meat really wasn't introduced to us until we the colonizers came over. And then that's when we started, you know, getting familiar with that diet. But as we see, 
And as we're learning, even the scientists and, 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 you know, the doctors are now talking about, you know, you need to slow down that consumption of meat. You need to, you need to slow down because our bodies and our bodies were not made to consume as amount as the large amount of meat that we are consuming. If that was the case, and I'll go back and again, we would have teeth that can tear the meat without a knife and a fork. And I also like to say, if we were carnivores, when we saw roadkill on the street, we would salivate and try to eat it. Yes. Or our dogs do, but we don't do that. It's yes. to us. Uh, gosh, there's so many questions, but we have to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, simulcast on Facebook, simulcast on Twitter, on YouTube, and most of all, simulcast on Unchained TV our global streaming network. We're going to stay live on a Voice America radio and Facebook. We're taking a brief break. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you feel stuck, exhausted, or just unsure of how to handle everything at once that life is throwing your way, you'll want to listen to What's Important Now, Making Time for What Matters Most with Eva Medelec. Eva and her guests will help you learn to focus on the most important priorities in your life so you can handle them one at a time instead of being constantly overwhelmed. What's Important Now, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re-entering a portal to a transformative way of living. And we are here with the amazing Angela Yvonne of Vegan Pop Eats. And I am learning so much from her because really it's attraction, not promotion. Yes, there are. Listen, I was shamed into going vegan. Uh, Howard Lyman who had been on Oprah, remember, um, revealing the secrets of the industry. This is a quarter of a century ago. And he and uh, Oprah was sued, but she ended up, she was sued by the Cattlemen's Association. She won. And he was famous. And I did an interview with him when I was working at local TV here uh, based on the Paramount lot. And afterwards, he and his publicist came up to me and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. I said, Yes. And they said, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because he had just told us about the horrors of separating 
babies from their mothers and the boy calves that are either shot or put on dead piles or put in veal crates. And I said, yes. And they said, liquid meat like that right at my nose. And that's when I went vegan at that moment. And I never looked back. So I was shamed into going vegan. Sometimes you got to shame people. But what you're saying is for a lot of people, the best approach is to invite them and cajole them over to the green side. Yes. Because okay. it's almost like dating. When you are dating someone, you're not saying that, oh, I don't know how to clean a house or, oh, I don't know how to cook or, oh, you're not, you're putting the best, you know, the best one in the game. And so if we're wanting to people to cross over, we have to show them how, like I say, it's dope over here. You have to show them that, yo, if you, if you start your morning off with, you know, I don't know, uh, vegan yogurt with fresh berries and things of that nature. That's going to make you feel good the rest of the day. And then that will get you to think that, oh, well, if this made me feel good, what else is going to make me feel good? And, and like I was telling, um, I forgot what her name is. Please forgive me with being sexy with the husband. Yeah, it might sound crazy to somebody else, but you have to, you have to work on what people will be attracted to. You have to work on what is their language, their love language. Oh, wow. You just hit something so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Because I know all about that love language. Yeah. Been there and did it badly, probably. But um, the love language, applying the love language to veganism is brilliant. Yes. It is absolutely brilliant. And it works. I mean, the, the whole comment about the love language, and I read the book, is that what happens is the couples get together and you have this love language. Love to you, that means you do good works for people. You fix the light bulbs. Access but service. for somebody else, the love language is a diamond ring or hopefully right. not a diamond ring, a blood diamond ring. But, um, and somebody, yes, Paige wants more more about reaching them with their love language. So what are the love languages? There's like five love languages. I'm trying to remember now. There's uh, doing good things, right? Praise, yes. praise, gifts. Yes. Uh, and I think there's kind of like service. Acts of service? Acts of service, yes. Mm -hmm. Which is like, I'll give you a massage, honey. Right. Something like that. And right. I think there's one more. But the point is, you have to find out the person's love language that you're trying to convert to veganism. Exactly. And then when you find out that love language and Nyla Farr says, brilliant, applying the love language to veganism. I think this is a book. Tom says, doesn't work in my case. Nobody loves me. <clears throat> Nonsense, Tom. We all love you. We all yes. know you're one of our most reliable viewers. Okay. But I like this. This is a book applying love language or a video, a documentary, applying the love languages to veganism to get people who are otherwise intransigent against this to go right. vegan. Oh my gosh, because you're also very good when it comes to just making the case for veganism. And I'm gonna just play a little clip of you um, doing just that. Vegans and meat eaters always have arguments, or should I say passionate conversations, about whether or not we should consume meat. Debates range from, 
well, why do we have canine teeth in the front? To, we've always eaten meat. And the biggest one is, I need my meat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I have a couple of did you knows, just in case. Did you know that our canine teeth are more closer to herbivores? In order for us to be considered a carnivore, our canine teeth should be larger. And we would also have long claws in order for us to be able to tear down the meat without using forks or knives. Our digestive system was not built to consume meat. Carnivores have short intestines versus our longer intestines, which allows us to break down fiber and allows us to absorb the nutrients from plant-based foods. Wow, that was so well said. And again, if you want to watch more of Angela Avon's amazing videos, you can go right to Unchained TV. You can watch online, go to Unchained TV, click watch now, and then go to series. It's Vegan Pop Eats, the series. And the program has been rated V for veganism, where meat is obsolete. That is so adorable. But getting back to the love languages, can you give us an example so let's say somebody's love language is uh, acts of service. How would you apply acts of service? That happens to be my love language. Like I do things for people. I don't want to go out and buy something consumeristic, uh, but I will do an act of service. So how would you apply that to veganism? Well, for an act of service for veganism, it would go back to being in the kitchen. There is no one alive that does not like for someone to cook for them and to take like, for instance, if I was um, a wife and I ate meat, if my husband took the time out to cook for me and to know that they thought out, you know, the appetizers, the entrees, the, um, I guess, desserts, I would be more open to taste the food and have an open mind about it because he put love in thinking about me. Um, another way of acts of service is, I don't know, you could get food delivered where no one has to cook. And they're, you know, y'all are just, you know, sexy for the bedroom, I guess. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly believe that, you know, it is not that difficult crossing over to here. You just have to understand the person that you're talking to. And from my experience, people are always open-minded. It's just the way that the message is being said. Now, if someone came to me and was like, Angela, you don't need to eat no meat because of blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to hear that. But if you say, oh, I made this lasagna and I have some left over. You want some? I know that you're hungry and you eat it. Well, what is this? What's this? Well, you know, it's a vegan lasagna. Where did you get that from? I've never had vegan lasagna before. And that's when you get them because they're just like, well, I want some, I want some more of what makes me feel good. I want some more of that. So once you get them in the space of wanting something that's going to make them feel good, feel comforting, that's when you're able to, you know, show them that, oh, maybe we can incorporate a meatless Monday or, you know, a taco less Tuesday. Maybe we can do that. You have to make sure that the mind portal is open before you come through talking about, you know, they killed Bambi across the street. Nobody wants to hear that because, you know, they'll feel responsible for the reason why Bambi was killed across the street. 
And they are responsible for why Bambi was killed across the street. But, but you can't say that if you want them to cross over, Jane. <laughs> I got it. I got it. You know, I think these are great tips, especially everybody's crazy about this, applying the love language to veganism. Yes. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the whole um, idea of what a new phrase that I stumbled upon. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Food colonialism. Okay. Um, I only recently learned that cows and pigs are not indigenous to the Americas, that cows were brought over on Columbus's second voyage reportedly, and pigs were brought over in something like 1539 on the boat of a Spanish conquistador. So mm. here we're getting all this messaging that this is tradition, that this is what we're supposed to be doing here in the Americas when these animals are not indigenous to the Americas and this is a essentially, uh, you could even call it food imperialism. Your thoughts? Well, I think that, first of all, I think that this is the year of truth telling, as in 2022, 2023. And a lot of people are starting to realize that the things that we have put in place, as in traditions, were really, I think, was a psychological play. Because um, that also goes with the fact that, you know, being responsible for something that's happened in the past, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. And I'm not really well versed on the, did I say that right? Colonialism, yes. Colonialism of meats and things of that nature, but you... As, a, as I'll, I'll operate on a kindergartner's mindset, you can tell which animals are, you know, I guess, um, related to the different environments because of what they look like, the way that they keep themselves warm and things of that nature. A lot of the things that we have found co convenient were brought from a different place and we just made them adapt. And I so think that that's also part of what veganism is to some people. People are not wanting to adapt to something that they are not familiar with. So let me just bring it in another way, is that there are those who now argue and make a very good case that it's food colonialism in that sort of European food patterns were brought here to the Americas and imposed on people and then called tradition. That's Whereas right. if people actually look at their original heritage, they would see that it's primarily plant-based. Yes. And that doesn't just apply to any one group because no. across the years, um, I have heard every single ethnicity <laughs> and national background say, I could never be vegan because I'm bumped. Okay. I'm Puerto Rican and Irish. Right. I've had people say to me, I could never be vegan because I'm Puerto Rican. I could never be vegan because I'm Irish. I could never be vegan because I'm Italian. I could never be vegan because I'm African-American. I could never be vegan. And it's all just a construct in their heads that is not even connected to reality. Absolutely. And, and it was done intentionally. It was done intentionally for us to think the way that we think. Because when you're taking away, because even though your background may be Puerto Rican and Irish, I know that there's Native Americans somewhere in there. Well, yes, I'm very proud to be. Yeah. Uh, so if you think back on how your culture 
survived and and dealt with things, that's where you will find the true the truth of you know how you were able to survive. Native and, American culture, African American culture is primarily plant based. Yes. Okay. So also in the Asian world, yes, um, they're meat very alternatives, heavy on meat alternatives and faux meats were invented in Asia yes. and mastered and brought to the United States. Yes. So if you look at what they call the global majority, the global majority should naturally um, be inclined toward plant-based. Yes. But we've been indoctrinated with advertising yes. and with um, government campaigns even. The USDA's campaign is to promote meat and dairy. The USDA is run by a dairy industry trade group leader. Okay? Absolutely. So, yeah, Tom Vilsack. And he was the uh, USDA chief during the Obama administration, and he's back again. And he is a dairy industry trade group leader. And he is about promoting dairy products. So how can we get a government that's been co-opted by these industries, which includes the pharmaceutical industry, because most people, if they were eating a healthy whole food plant-based diet, wouldn't need the cholesterol-lowering drugs and the erectile dysfunction drugs and the stent operations and all the other things that come with an unhealthy diet that is now creating a, a, a worse longevity rate for the first time yeah. in recent memory for Americans. And so um, how do we convince people, hey, you're supporting your own oppression when you eat meat and dairy, particularly through fast food? I think that it starts at the grassroots level. And I think that it, thought it starts with the families because with families, you teach the next generation how to eat. So, okay, I get it. You know, your, you know, your ancestors and things of that nature, you know, was eating meat and eating um, different things. But you can start with yourself because what I found is that whenever I crossed over to veganism, vegetarianism, who, whatever you want to call us, the people around me started to be more aware of what are the things that they're putting in their mouths. Now, I'm not saying like everyone has crossed over because everyone has their own cross to bear, you know, and, you know, maybe it's not a priority for them. And I don't, you know, I don't shame anybody for it, but I do, you know, it's a non-negotiable. I'm not eating any meat. So if I'm coming over to eat, there needs to be, you know, vegan um, things for me to eat. So I'm not coming. So I think that it starts with each individual. And then it's almost like, what was that commercial um, a long time ago? I told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. I think that that's how it, it will, um, I guess, grant a spark. But we can't ask for the government to do something and we're not trying to do it at a, at a lower level. Because if you're going to the government with it, you need to have more than just four people doing the bankhead bounce <laughs> in the courtroom talking about we don't need to eat no meat. No, it should be like, OK, so this state right here decided that we're not going to eat any meat anymore. And this is the benefits for this, this and this. And that's with anybody. Everyone wants to see evidence from it. And if you're not showing hardcore evidence, people don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. So I think that it's a grassroots situation where it's 
where you are in your household, if you have young kids or if you have, you know, children, you decide that, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. I, you know, I feel like my life is valuable. I want your life to be valuable and train them how the way you want them to go. Now, I neglected to mention one person we have focused on on Unchained TV, and that is Pinky Cole, who does the Slutty Vegan, and she has taken a very risque, humorous approach. She calls her brand the Slutty Vegan, based out of Atlanta. She's got restaurants popping up everywhere, food trucks popping up everywhere. She's got a new book. She's approached it from a very hip standpoint she right. has a burger named menage a trois yeah she, you know she's getting risque but people love it and it's a wild success yes so does that sort of dovetail with your point yes absolutely because people you know she's taking the um i guess rudeness of being called a slut and she's making it fun and when people are experiencing fun they're more likely to be like, well, they're going to chase that feeling. And that goes, that goes exactly with what I'm trying, what I'm doing with Vegan Pop Eats. I want to show you how dope it is on the green side. I want to show you that it's not your mom's veganism anymore. And yes, you can have a good time over here. You laugh, you giggle. I'm, I look well-nourished and moisturized. Like, you know, what else is there to show? Because that's my evidence. And with me showing that evidence, people are more open to see and understand where I'm coming from. Now, I'm not I'm not um, a vegan scholar because we have different levels of veganism. We don't we have people who are really like if you wear leather, you know, you cannot be vegan or if you stand beside leather, you can't be vegan. No, that's not that's not the approach. The approach is I don't care how you get over here. I want you over here. And once you get over here and see all this goodness, you will you will take your health and the things that you're putting in your mouth and make it a priority. You just have to get over here. It's like a vampire. You have to invite me in. And once you <laughs> invited me in, then I can do my work. But if you don't invite me, I can't come. So where are you going to go next? What's next? Aside from, I think, having a show on Unchained TV, a live talk show, I think you would be great for that. Yes, 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 yes. I would love that. But for for me, I know that Vegan Pop Eats is going to be a global brand. So for me, I'm wanting to expand my territory. I want everyone to understand how dope it is over here on the green side, how we live in abundance. I want to have products. I want to have, you know, I want to be operating in the spaces where, you know, veganism can be luxury. It's not, you know, it's not the fuddy duddy that you think. And we're all, you know, hipsters coming through here. I want to show that veganism is sexy because I know this is PG, but it's been, it's been said that vegans taste better. Like I want people to understand all the whole aspect of living in this in this life you have better stamina you know your skin looks great look at me i'm a vampire 185 (laughs) years old you know you have energy your mind is clear and with your mind being clear that allows you to make better decisions and when you're making better decisions you don't want to harm anybody you want to feel good all the time and i'm not saying that there's no pros and cons with being veganism 
I get it. There's levels to it. Like I always say that veganism is like high school. When you first come in, yeah, you're excited about the faux meats and all these other different things, but then you'll graduate to plant-based. You'll graduate to raw. You'll graduate to, you'll, you'll find your happy medium. But with your medium, you'll realize that you did good for yourself. You did good for your planet and you did good for the animals. That's it. Wow. I think this is so inspiring and I just love your energy and your message and you just naturally know how to make veganism fun. And that is the thing. It's so fun. Because <laughs> it is fun because it is fun. I mean, I would say my worst day as a vegan is better than my best day as a non-vegan. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I was never really a meat eater. I grew up in a, well, if you consider fish, meat, which I certainly do. I was because I grew up in a pescatarian household, essentially. But I have to say that, you know, half measures don't really avail us as much as just going vegan. And yeah. when I got rid of the dairy, you know, let's talk about dairy for a second. The global majority is allergic to dairy. The National yes. Institutes of Health itself says that more than 60% of the public is allergic to dairy. And nevertheless, our government pushes dairy. We've got only one minute. Your final thoughts on that. Don't eat it. Don't drink it. We have milks. We have nut milks. We have rice milk. We have any kind of milk that you need. You just have to figure out your texture. Um, I used to drink milk. I love my nut milks better. I feel better drinking them. And everything is intentional. You know, because if you stay sick, that's more money that you're giving to, you know, medicine and you're keeping the doctors employed. <laughs> Absolutely. And as somebody very wise said, we're all being factory farmed. They need yes. us to get sick so they can make money off the pills and the operations. Notice there's not a lot of commercials out there for apples. No. Okay. There's a lot of commercials out there for pharmaceuticals for people who are increasingly sick. Absolutely. I want to say it has been such an exciting, exciting interview. Thank I want to talk to you offline. Stay there when we're done because this was fantastic. Everybody, go to Unchained TV. We are a global streaming network for veganism. Unchained TV, free to download. Thank you so very much. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.